Good morning. Welcome to everyone. We're glad that you're here today to uh, join as we worship the Lord and as we prepare for the coming of Messiah on Christmas. We uh, bring greeting to each of you today, Christmas greetings, and we're glad that you are here. We welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, you are very important to us, and we're glad that you're with us and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together uh, this morning. A few announcements uh, that I'd like to call to your attention this morning. First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out, check the appropriate box, and uh, give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving to us. And and um, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, we, we send that out each uh, Thursday. Uh, if you'd like to receive that, then uh, please put your email address on that, and we'll be sure to get you on our list for that. Um, several things that are coming up this week, 
I would like to call to your attention. Uh, we are continuing our Advent series on Wednesday nights this this week. Of course, this past Wednesday, we uh, we bailed on that because of the threat of bad weather. Uh, they were they kept saying the snow and the ice were coming and it just didn't come until later on. But uh, we were cautious about that and, and it was probably a good thing. But we will continue that. Uh, on this Wednesday, and our friends from uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Church will join us again on Wednesday. We will share a meal together at 545 and then our study together at 630. Also, on um, Christmas Eve, we'll be having our Christmas Eve service here at 5 o'clock on Friday. Uh, this is a very informal time, a time for us to gather. I always like to, I, I liken it to a, a family celebration around, uh, around the Christmas tree. And there will be a number of musical uh, arrangements, people singing, people playing instruments, people uh, uh, reading readings. And of course, we will light our, our uh, Advent candles, our Christ candle that night as well. And uh, so I hope that you can come and be a part of this. This is always a special service, and that will be 5 o'clock on uh, Friday. And um, Amy and Larry have uh, invited us, Amy and Larry have invited us to their home after the Christmas Eve service uh, for a time of uh, sharing some holiday cheer, and uh, we thank them for that and, and uh, look forward to that as well. Uh, one other thing, another announcement you'll see in your, your worship folder. Uh, we are going to uh, uh, resurrect our Supper 6 or Supper 8, uh, depends on how many people we have uh, uh, signing up for this after the first of the year. And basically what this is, is we're going to gather kind of randomly uh, groups of six or eight people who would like to just share a meal together. And we will take turns hosting the meal in our homes and and there's no agenda there. It's just an opportunity of fellowship and an opportunity for for you to, to get to, to know some other people that you may not know as well as you would like to. And it's a it's a it's a fun thing to do. And we we encourage you to uh, take part in that. And if you would like to take part in that, in that, please just call the church office and give us your name so we can add you to the list. And uh, and we'll um, uh, we'll pursue that after the beginning of the year. We're glad that you're here today, and it's great to, to share the love of Christ with one another and to prepare our hearts for, uh, for the coming of Christ. And so let me invite you to share that love of God with one another as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And as we do, I, I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's moment. Hello, everybody. Morning, choir. Merry Christmas. Merry All right, children, come on down. Got any more kids? Oopsie. Your steps are red. 
morning, kids. You know what? I feel like singing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <gasps> Whose birthday is this week? <gasps> Jesus is having a birthday. Yes, he is. And you know what we're going to do today? We're going to have a story. You want to have a story? Because we're all excited about Christmas and Jesus' birthday and Santa Claus. Right? Santa Claus is going to come to your house? Yes. Coming down the kitchen? Yes. No way. Yes. Yes. Have you been good? I'll try not to talk so loud. You know what, Jika, do you guys remember what song Jika just played? It was called Joy to the World. Look at this book I'm going to read. I hear a bunch of feedback. No? Maybe not. I'll just tell you. that we're going to read today is joy for the world. Hmm. Look at this. Thank you. <laughs> joy for the world. Look at this. It says, an angel tells shepherds good news of great joy. The, in Bethlehem town, there's a new baby boy. You see Kelsey just put the shepherd up there? His bed is a manger. What is this? Is that the manger? Yeah. Yes. Okay. His bed is a manger where animals feed. What kind of animals do you see? Uh, a pig. A pig? I don't, uh, well, you, uh, you think that's a pig? Yeah, it might be a little sheep. And there's a donkey. And in this picture, there's a camel. So we have some little animals here. His bed is a manger where animals feed. A place filled with love provides all that he needs. His name, it is Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Who's Jesus' mama? Mary. Mary. Who's Jesus' dad? Uh, Joseph. Joseph. His name, it is Jesus, the world's savior king. Peace, hope, and forgiveness are gifts he will bring. Our story's coming alive. Those shepherds were watching their flocks late at night. They hurried to town now to see this great sight. They want to come and see what's going on, don't they? They'll spread the good news. They will tell all they see. It's Jesus, the Lord, born for you and for me. Look who comes to see Jesus now. Three wise men arrive. They have traveled quite far. Far, They're led to the child by a great beaming star. We'll pretend Nibby's the star. Okay, there's the great. They fall down to worship with gifts in their hands, gold, incense, and myrrh, all expensive and grand. That's what he brought for Christmas. This Jesus, you see, comes for you comes for one and for all, for rich and for poor, for the great and the small. Forgiving our sins, staying near us each day, he brings us great joy. In his love, we will stay. Let's gladly go out now and tell everyone the story of Jesus. He's God's only son. Can you share that story this week? Jesus is born is our good news to share. He brings joy for the world. 
everyone, everywhere. Was that too boring today? <laughs> yeah. Joy for the world, joy, 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 everyone. Joy for the world comes through Jesus' dad's, excuse me, Jesus' God's son. Maybe it's because Mary can't read today. You guys want to say a little prayer and then I have something for you, okay? All right, you ready? Dear Jesus, as we celebrate your birthday during the days of this week, please help us remember why you are with us. You are with one and all, whether rich or poor, great or small. Stay near us throughout your birthday season and always. Please be especially near Bob and Jika during their sorrow, as well as Mark and Nora in their gladness. Help us remember the sick and those who are suffering. In your name, we joyously pray. Amen. Now, what I have, you guys, if you want to do this in children's church, it's a little word search that you can circle words that have to do with Christmas, and there's a pen for you, and there's a candy cane. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas week. You are welcome. Good manners. Our scripture today is from Isaiah 7, verse 10 through 16, and also Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. And from Matthew, Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. Verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. 
but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This last scripture depicts Joseph's amazing faithfulness to God and his willingness to do what God asked of him. It also depicts God's incredible grace by choosing to be with us in Jesus, the Emmanuel. Let us pray. Gracious God, we praise you for the amazing ways that you reach out to us, often when we least expect you to. We, like Joseph, sometimes carefully plan our escape from discomfort. We see things, how they make sense to us in our world. We even sometimes believe we are pleasing you. And then, in surprising ways, you show us the truth. Please help us to be alert enough to listen and strong enough to live our lives in you. When in response to your call, our path detours from our laid out plan, we pray that you will help us to hold on to our faith. When the hard times of life reroute our path, may we rely even more deeply on your strength. Take us deeper into your heart so that we might be comforted, hopeful, and empowered to serve you in new ways. Refresh us, renew us, and help us to be brave. Emmanuel. Amen. Join us and sing with me number 76, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
us pray. Lord, we come to this altar today, Lord, to praise you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us this week, Lord. We ask that you be with those who could not be here today, Lord. Be with the families who have lost someone this week, Lord. Lord, we thank you for these offerings. And we thank you, that you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.
out from Emperor Augustus that all the world would be registered. All went in their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Jordan, to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. Today we remember Joseph, worn out traveler and worried husband, doing what was necessary for the sake of his own family, the burden of poverty, stifling his hope in the promise of God. There was no room for him, yet he knows to whom he belongs. On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we light this candle as a symbol to Joseph, who knocks at the door, ready to take his place among royalty. Some unknown wit has published an essay on the joys of being male. He says that men are just happier people. And then he explains why. Some of the advantages he lists for being male are as follows. Your last name stays put. Wedding plans take care of themselves. Chocolate is just another snack. You can never be pregnant. Wrinkles add character. Wedding dress, $5,000. Tux rental, $100. New shoes don't cut, blister, or mangle your feet. Phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. A five-day vacation requires only one suitcase. You can open all of your own jars and you get extra credit for the slightest act of thoughtfulness. If someone forgets to invite you, he or she can still be your friend. Your underwear is $8.95 for a three-pack. <laughs> three pairs of shoes are more than enough. You are unable to see wrinkles in your clothes. Everything on your face stays its original color. The same hairstyle lasts for years, sometimes even decades. You only have to shave your face and neck, and some of us don't even have to do that. You can play with toys all your life, one wallet and one color for all seasons, and you can wear shorts no matter what your legs look like. You can do your nails with your pocket knife. And here's the clincher, men. 
You can do Christmas shopping for 25 relatives on December the 24th in 25 minutes. No wonder men are happier. Well, guys, I hope that you do you will do a better job than this with your Christmas preparations this year. You you still have a few more days to get prepared, so you better get to it. And to help you with your Christmas preparations, someone else has published a list of things that wives don't want to hear their husbands say on Christmas Day. Here are just a few of those for fair warning. Things your wife doesn't want to hear on Christmas Day. You like it, hon? They almost look like real diamonds, don't they? (laughs) Guys, wives don't want to hear that. Or, that's right, hon, your own subscription to guns and ammo. No, they don't want to hear that either. Or how about this one? Wives don't want to hear, it's two sizes smaller, darling, you know, for motivation. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't go there. Don't, they don't want to hear that. Christmas is just six days away. So there's still time for adequate preparation. But the prophet Isaiah began preparing the people of Israel for the coming of Messiah hundreds of years in advance. And the words that Isaiah spoke helped to prepare us for the birth of Messiah even today. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, he says. The young girl will be with child and will give birth to a son. He shall be called Emmanuel. In today's lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, we read about how this prophecy was fulfilled. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place, Matthew tells us, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. My friends, this is why we celebrate Christmas. It is because God came to dwell with us. In the magazine, The Week, they carried a story earlier this year about Newark, New Jersey. I don't know what you think of when you think of Newark, New Jersey, but many people see darkness and decay. In fact, Newark has been called America's most troubled city. According to this article... Newark lost most of its employers decades ago, and and today more than a quarter of the population in Newark lives below the poverty line. It's located only 10 miles from New York City. Newark used to be a thriving manufacturing center, and at its peak around World War II, the city had a population of over 450,000 people. But during the 1960s, Affluent citizens began to to flee the city, and the federal government constructed giant housing projects there. In 1967, there were riots resulting in 
26 deaths and hundreds of torched businesses. Then eight years later, Harper's Magazine called Newark the nation's worst city. By 2007, Newark had been reduced from 450,000 people to about 280,000. But with that many people, it still only had one supermarket and one movie theater. And yet today, something good is happening in Newark. Thanks to the tireless efforts of its mayor, Cory Booker. Nearly everything about Booker is unique. Unlike previous mayors, he's not only a product of the suburbs, but of Stanford University and Yale Law School and Oxford University, which he attended as a Rhodes Scholar. He's a six-foot, three-inch, 250-pound vegetarian, and he could have lived his life in luxury and affluence, but instead he chose to live for eight years in one of Newark's worst crime-ridden public housing projects from which he won a seat on the city council. In 2007, he was elected mayor. And what has Booker achieved as mayor? Well, for one thing, he's attracted more than $100 million in private philanthropy, including city programs funded by the likes of Oprah Winfrey and John Bon Jovi and Brad Pitt. Booker tapped the Gates Foundation and others to fund charter schools and raised millions of dollars to renovate and to expand 20 city parks. He struck deals with employers in the region, such as Continental Airlines, to, to hire more residents from Newark. And he has begun to remove the stench of corruption that has surrounded that city for decades. While achieving all this, he has maintained a focus on his main priority, which is fighting crime. And has crime been reduced? Dramatically. During Booker's term, homicides have declined 28%. Shootings are down 48, 46%. March of this year was Newark's first month without a murder since 1966. And Booker is not just sitting around moving chess pieces. He has personalized the fight against crime by personally traveling out into the city late at night, challenging the drug dealers to get off the street and challenging the uh, complacent cops to get out of their squad cars. He's fearless, said a member of his security team. Now, it's always risky to praise a politician or a celebrity of any kind in a sermon, because invariably, sooner or later, they'll do something to embarrass you. And I don't know anything about Cory Booker's personal life or his values, but I do know this. When a graduate of Stanford University and Yale University, Yale Law School and Oxford University, a Rhodes Scholar nonetheless, when someone like that voluntarily moves into one of Newark's most crime-ridden public housing projects, then somebody ought to pay attention. And here's the good news for today. The Apostle Paul said this about Jesus. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, 
might become rich. My friends, Jesus did not leave Stanford or Yale or Oxford. He left the very throne of glory itself to become a small little baby in Bethlehem, born in a stable because there was no room for him in the inn. And why did he do this? Why did he leave his place in glory to come to such a humble place? Because as Isaiah tells us, it is because the world sat in darkness. So you see, Christmas is it's not just a celebration of the birthday of a good man. Rather, it's the celebration of light penetrating the darkness. It is a celebration of hope penetrating despair. It's the celebration of life overcoming death and salvation redeeming a fallen humanity. They will call him Emmanuel, says Isaiah, which means God is with us. But what does it mean to say that God is with us? Well, first of all, it means that that God cares enough for us that God seeks to bring healing to the chaos of our lives. Max Lucado tells a remarkable story of the son of a rabbi who battled severe emotional problems. And it seems that one day this boy, his behavior was often bizarre and And one day this boy went into his backyard and removed all of his clothing, assumed a crouched position and began to gobble like a turkey. And he did this not just for hours or days, but for weeks. No pleading would dissuade him. No psychotherapist could help him. But but a friend of the rabbi, having watched the boy and shared his father's grief, he offered to help. And here's what he did. He, too, went into the backyard and removed all of his clothing. And he too crouched down beside the boy and began to to gobble like a turkey. And for days, nothing changed. And then finally, the friend spoke to the son and said, do you think it would be okay for turkeys to wear a shirt? Well, after some thought and some gobbles, the son agreed. And so they put their shirts on. And then days later, the friend asked the boy if... If he thought it would be acceptable for turkeys to wear trousers. And so the boy nodded and they put their trousers on. And in time, the, the friend completely redressed the boy and the boy eventually returned to normal. What an amazing story that is. And what amazing love that demonstrates. But folks, do you understand that this is what Christmas is all about? It's more than just the birth of a special baby. It's more than just angel songs and shepherds. It is God invading our world and stripping himself of all of his power and all of his dignity so that he might humiliate himself on our behalf and die naked on a cross. Emmanuel. God is with us. Pastor tells about a Christmas dinner they were planning at a Baptist children's home. And as preparations were being made for the dinner and the unwrapping of presents under the tree, one of the smallest boys hid under his bed and refused to come out. 
Reverend Henry Carter went to Tommy hiding under his bed and told him about all the lights on the tree and the gifts that were waiting for him there, but, but there was no answer. And so Reverend Carter kneeled there beside the bed and he pulled back the the spread and he saw two big, wet, crying eyes looking back at him. Tommy was about eight years old, but he looked more like he was about five because of his early malnutrition. And he could have easily been pulled out from under the bed, but it was not pulling that Tommy needed. What Tommy needed was someone to give him a sense of trust and belonging. And so because he couldn't think of anything else to do, and since Tommy was not making any effort to get out, Reverend Carter got down on his stomach and he squeezed up under the bed beside Tommy. And he lay there right beside Tommy and his cheek was pressed up against the floor. And he he talked to Tommy about the big wreath that was above the fireplace and the, the stocking that was hung there with Tommy's name on it. He talked about the carols that they would be singing at the party and the turkey that was almost ready to eat. He talked about the the baby Jesus that was born in the stable and laid in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And then then running out of anything else to say, he just he just lay there beside Tommy. Saying nothing. And then after a while, a small child's hand slipped into Reverend Carter's hand. And then Reverend Carter said, you know, Tommy, it's kind of close quarters under here. Why don't we crawl out where we can stand up? And then as they slid out from under the bed, he realized that he had been given a glimpse of the wonder of Christmas. Had not God come down to where we are to sidle up next to us in the midst of our fears and concerns like he did with Tommy? Was it not God's Spirit that wooed us out of our lonely hiding place into a world that was filled with light and life and belonging? This is what Christmas is all about. God invades our world and God crawls up under the bed with us, as it were, and comforts us and draws us out into the light. And what is our response to God's coming into our world? It is to take the love of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet, everyone that we meet. Our response is not simply to be passive receivers of God's love and God's blessing and God's comfort and God's hope. We are to be responsive to that. And we are to pass on to others those blessings that have been given to us. Tony Campolo tells about a friend who pretends to go shopping each Christmas season in the Nordstrom department store located near her Los Angeles suburb. 
And Campolo says that she pretends to go shopping at Nordstrom's because the store is so upscale that the, that she, she rarely purchases anything there. But she goes there during the Christmas season because the ambiance is, is so, so special. He says his friend gets herself a, a Nordstrom shopping bag and fills it up with tissue paper so she'll look like she's in place. And, and she meanders around the store and, and enjoys all the beautiful decorations there and, and, and listens to the live music playing in each department. But on one of these Christmas visits, the friend says that she was on the top floor of Nordstrom's where the most expensive dresses were for sale. And the elevator doors opened and there... Exiting the elevator was a bag lady from off of the streets. When his friend saw this woman, she fully expected that a couple of security guards would show up and usher her out of the store. I mean, after all, this woman whose raggedy clothing was was so covered with dirt from the streets, it was obvious that she was not the kind of person who could afford to buy much of anything in Nordstrom's, let alone the most expensive dresses on the top floor. But instead of a security guard, that a tall, stately saleswoman appeared and went up to this homeless woman and asked, May I help you, madam? And the homeless woman said in a gruff voice, Yeah, I want a dress. So the saleswoman inquired, what kind of dress would you like? And the answer was, I want a party dress. Well, you've come to the right place, the saleswoman said. We've got the finest dresses in the world. And indeed they did. The least expensive dress on the rack cost just under $1,000. And so the two women looked over the dresses as they talked about which color would be best given the homeless woman's coloring and And after a discussion that went on for about 10 minutes, they they picked out two dresses and the saleswoman said, follow me, madam. I want you to try these on to see how you like them. Well, Campolo's friend was flabbergasted. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. So she 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 knew that the saleswoman must have realized that there was no way this woman could afford to buy any of the dresses in this store. And so when, when the two women went back into the dressing room, Campolo's friend went into the dressing room next door to theirs and put her ear to the wall, wanting to listen to what they were saying. And then after a while, she heard the homeless woman say, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to buy a dress today. And so the saleswoman answered, that's quite all right, madam. But I'd like you to take my card. And should you come back to Nordstrom, I would consider it both a privilege and a pleasure to wait on you again. Campolo's friend was more than surprised by the kind and respectful way in which this saleswoman treated the woman who obviously couldn't afford to buy anything in the store. This saleswoman did what any Christian ought to do, Tony says. And in all probability, she treated everyone she met in her everyday encounters in the same way that Jesus would treat them.
Now, do I need to say anything more about the meaning of Christmas? That pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Isaiah said it all nearly 3,000 years ago. He said the young girl will be with child and, and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And my friends, let me tell you this today. When God is with us, we are empowered and, and inspired to live our lives in extraordinary ways. And so here's my challenge for you today. Let us continue to prepare our lives for the coming of Messiah. By living our lives like Jesus lived his life. By treating others just as Jesus would treat them. And by taking the love of Jesus Christ to every person we meet. For you see, when we do this, we are lifting the darkness from people's lives and we are shining the light of Christ to bring comfort and peace and hope. And that, my friends, is what Christmas is all about. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 217. Oh, how I love Jesus. And I hope that you do love Jesus today. It is through him that we are empowered to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. The Christmas kind of life. A life that brings light into the lives of others. But we're going to give you an opportunity to respond in some way today as we sing this song. There may be someone who's never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone who, for whom Christmas is just another holiday and it's, and it's really not much about this child named Emmanuel. It's not much about God coming into the world, but that's really what it is about. And if you've never experienced that in your life, I hope you won't leave here today without doing that and making that a part of who you are. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to unite with and be a part of, and we invite you to unite with our church today. Or maybe you just you just need a time of prayer and, and, and celebration or, or prayer for something, some special need in your life. We invite you to come as we sing together. Number 217, oh, how I love Jesus. Would you come?
dwell with us and warm your spirit within us. Give us a vision, O Lord, not just of a baby in Bethlehem's barn, but of the Lord of Lords. Not only of a lad in Nazareth, but of the hope of the world. Not only a rabbi teaching on a hillside, but the revealer of yourself. Not only one who climbed the front of cross, but one who was raised to life and who lives forevermore. Our hope of life everlasting. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.